So last week, which was Tuesday's episode, we were a little braggadocious. Yeah. About the uh, being an, an essential and how we're better than everybody who's not an essential. And now that's kind of backfiring. Well, not only that, but before we get to that, like, I just, I'm feeling the essential part, like, mm. wore down, man. Ward the fuck down. Well, today's news, and by the time this episode uh, airs, it maybe the whole Thing problem will be, will be rectified. Wouldn't that be nice? But as it stands now, they they passed a bill where if you're a non-essential employee and you're stuck at home, not working, you get your unemployment. Great. Yeah, good. You get your $1,200 stimulus. Awesome. Yeah, good. And you get $600 extra a week. Okay, again, pretty good deal. Yeah. Except if you're an essential employee and now the people staying at home are is a very good chance they're making more money than you are while working in the pandemic. So I thought of three scenarios that could rectify the situation. One, we get, like, they should make it mandatory that all employers give double time. Yes. And two, hazard pay. Mm-hmm. And three, just also give the people who are working $600. Yeah. If you just gave them $600, <laughs> yeah, I mean, all right. All that evens out, I'm cool. Yeah, if you're just passing out money at this point, yeah. what's the... I mean, I don't know if they take taxes out of the $600, but that's, I think, like, if it's just the $600, if you just get $600, that's, like, a little more than I make a week. So, yeah. it's like, ah, man. So, imagine if you make $15 an hour or less, mm. then you're... You're making way less than somebody because if they get the unemployment too, they're making like double your paycheck. Yeah, that's that's kind of shitty if you're work. Like, and what's the what's keeping people working then? And then the 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 only way that the people that are working can kind of keep up with that is because with there being so few people, is that they have to pull longer hours. Yeah, which just means that they're out more, which is just giving them a Awful. higher high, higher rate of you know catching of, it. Yeah, yeah, of getting sick. Higher risk. It's it's this fucked up situation. And the government's really has half assing half assing it. Um, but this is obviously because I'm sure some people around the world who listen to us are like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" This is the U.S. Yeah. Um, cause I believe Canada, they, they get like 2000 a month and I think they get like $8,000 initial thing too for unemployment or something. And then like a lot of countries there, uh, the town of like making, you don't like you're forgiven for not paying rent or your bills. Like that's all covered. You're good here. It's kind of like, you're kind of depending on your landlord. If you rent, yeah. if they're like, if you're out of work and you like you live in New York or something and you just, you're not allowed out, you can't work. Some landlords, I heard one guy in Brooklyn who has like 200 tenants, he just said, hey, nobody has to pay right now. Yeah. That's cool. Because you got to look at their point, like who, like, because I heard somebody else talk about that. It's like, if you evict people, you're not going to have anybody there for a while anyways. And also, where would they go? Yeah. You're not allowed out. Like, where are they going to go? And I think they're supposed to be doing like a mortgage forgiveness so that the excuse that the landlords had to pay mortgages would yeah. You know, that's not that's I'm not going to be a thing. I'm just worried about all, of, like, the small businesses. And just, most of them are going to go under, And dude. even, like, medium, medium businesses. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if there was, like, some, like, decent-sized change, like, restaurants or, or, or convenience stores and going stuff. Going out like. of business for sure. Well, I mean, that's... You got you know that's the reason why GameStop is putting up such a fight is because they're they're barely hanging on anyway to begin with. Look at Barnes and Noble; they yeah. were barely hanging on, and now they might be going out. They closed four hundred stores. If you 
See, here, here's the problem, too. If we close, like, these stores and stuff for now, because we have to, even when things reopen and the small businesses that survive, maybe the government bail some of them yeah. out or do, like, tax breaks, different things, are we going to have to, like, do people have to pay the money back that they're getting from the stimulus? Yeah, uh, I mean... The government doesn't just give free money. We yeah. know that. Are they going to fucking up taxes ridiculous and the cost of living is really going to go through the roof? I, there's just too many questions we can't bring up for this episode. Because, you know, this is just the intro here. I just, I just wanted to address it. It's just like, God damn it. What, I mean, and that also, like, if, you know, to kind of bring it to tie it, to actually tie it in, like, a lot of that stuff affects artists, you know. Well, if you're an independent indi- artist, that's yeah. how you make your living, going to comic cons and con- different conventions. If you're a writer and you're selling your books and stuff, well... If you can't go to these events and sell your stuff, well, now you're out of a job. And how do you get unemployment? It's difficult. Well, that's like um, the other day because one of the big cons, that, well, not big cons, one of our local cons that we've been really loving to go to the past couple of years, like canceled this year, just straight up canceled. Didn't even postpone it. So like, and this was going to be their biggest one yet. They yeah. moved the venue to the huge building. Yeah. So you know, I've been and like I got a good amount of money, like just con money stashed stashed away and stuff. And it's like I'm not gonna be able to spend it. There's so. I saw that this guy that I follow on Instagram, this artist, he was having like a live stream sale. Like he would, he, you know, he's just streaming and he would put the things on. You just be like claimed Wolverine or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards you DM all the information and do that stuff. I did. I bought two things because I'm like, I'm, you want to support them and you yeah, want. And like, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be going to any cons or anything soon to get any. Yeah. Like, so you have the extra from, money and we're both so, working. So. Yeah. So like if I can help a little bit that way you know i want to well i I do notice that the creatives out there have really stepped up with how they're doing things especially because they can't leave their house um like you said he was doing that thing on a lot of instagram stuff yeah um i've seen a lot of dj like famous djs they're doing instagram beat battles and that's how they're promoting their work by having uh you know like their most famous songs and they put them up against each other a lot of musicians musicians are doing live videos and yeah, mi- sure. like mini concerts or live concerts and i'm sure that's like on facebook too i've also been seeing like comic stores and smaller comic companies also doing like auctions mm. and and different like you know claim bids and then if you're in the like comic that. industry this is a great time to get into like if you haven't already started making your comics digital yeah, because that it's hard. A lot of people are not buying comics. They can't get their comics. They have to. Well, they're not even get, shipping them anywhere. Yeah, like the only way you can get them is on Amazon, and that's kind of iffy in the, right now. But I mean, like even like like there's there's no new comics. Nothing. The, the distributor Diamond they shut down. So who? Shit. So at least like from what I've been hearing people talk is like six weeks maybe at the least until we get some new comics. Well, that's the thing, Physically? though. If the comic stores are going to be closed for yeah, months, it doesn't huge, matter. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a big shitstorm. I'm not digging it. This would be a bad time to try to sell a book, I'd think. Digital book might be all right. Yeah. But at the same, it's hard to say because people are bored, so they want to read. Mm-hmm. They want to, you know, read comics and get art and stuff. But also, if a lot of people are out of work and they're struggling to pay their bills. Yeah, it's hard to, for people to pay for Even if stuff. they are getting like this crazy $600 a week plus their unemployment and stuff and they actually have extra money or even are making – a lot of people are making more money than when they were working, which again, the incentive, why do you yeah. want to work? But even though like, – it's the hoarder mentality right now. It's like, oh, shit, I got to – I don't know when this is going to dry up. Which is which is like an, a reasonable response to have, like, you know. Right. Uh, the, you know – a pinching penny mindset. It's the, the Great Depression thing. era yeah. 
you know, mindset is, you know, I'm, I'm putting, putting money on my mattress, under my mattress. I'm saving as much as I can. It's, uh, it's rough, but as of now, that's kind of where we're headed. Yeah. Like they're saying it's going to be a great depression again, which that sucks. I mean, I'm grateful I'm working because at least I, you know, the business I am and the business you are, that's going to be around for, it's not really going away. But if you wanted to be a creative, that's a, it's a tough time to get into because a lot of people view art and literature and things like even movies and music. They just kind of think of it not as necessities. Yeah. You know, that's entertainment. So that's not the first thing people go to in tough times. Booze, though, Spencer. And now weed. The marijuana industry is booming. Oh, yeah, because well, because they fall underneath like the pharmacy, yeah. medical, like so they're still allowed to stay open. Pennsylvania really shit the bed with not having recreational now because our state would be doing great. Oh, yeah. Like, look at Michigan. They fucking are just, like... The highest, I think, I think even more than Denver and California, they're the highest state for recreational <laughs> buying right now because everybody's just staying in. It's still cold. Yeah, they're just like fuck this. I'm gonna smoke up and smoke some doobs. Hey, eat some chips and take a nap. Uh, that's how you get people to stay inside. Hey there, friends. You are listening to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Tallahassee Tallywhacker Church. We didn't use that one before? Tallahassee Tallywhacker? Oh, man. man. I don't think so. If we did, it sounds like a good one. <laughs> well, what else could you be? I, I don't know, man. You're the, one, you're, the, you're the creative one that comes with all the names. Spencer, the Boise Ball Buster Church. That, that, that right one, off the head. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I stopped writing these down, by the way. I wait literally until... I find it's better to wait until the magic hits me. When the Like, people have to muse mm-hmm. for writing. Mine's for coming up with dumbass names for you right on air. Well, that especially works because anybody who knows me at all knows that I can be quite, quite a, a ball buster, too. You are the buster of balls, sir. Um, Today, kind of a DBS episode, I suppose. We were going to do some brainstorming, but hoity-toity Spencer here said he already had an idea for his story. Hey, look, I don't want to listen to you, listen about it to you, man. You just told me the other day you got done, like, writing three stories and, like, editing two of my stories, so... I have been productive. I was actually writing right before you got here, too. I have been on a spree, folks. I have a story that I think was... uh, I think will be... More than adequate enough to get published in an action adventure yeah. magazine. Um, I've looked at a couple already. I just have to finish. I'm just at the end. Okay. And then I have to edit and flesh it out. But I think it's pretty damn good because when I go back and read some of the stuff. Because the way I write, I fucking take large periods sometimes between scenes like before I get back to it. So when I go back to the beginning scenes, I forgot all about what yeah. happened. And it's because mine's. I wanted to not emulate, like, Robert E. Howard's writing style, but um, just his, like, an homage to, like, the Conan stories we read. the way he describes things. Yeah, I I wanted to do that a little, but, you know, a little less adjective, adverb heavy, um, a lot less racist. Oh, yeah. um, Actually, my warrior character is of African descent, which, in that world, I don't think there's an Africa, but something along those lines. No, uh, I'm not going to have any dumb bimbos either. If I do end up, because I, I want to stretch this into more of a, like, the Conan stories, like, have multiple yeah. adventures for this character. 
And I'm thinking I'm going to incorporate some strong female characters in the story. I want, like, some Xena-type female yeah, yeah, warriors. Like, like Red Sonja, Xena, yeah. that kind of stuff. And I would like them to be a little, not necessarily more feminine, because I don't think that really has any bearing on, uh, you know, like, a good depiction of women. But I don't want it to be your typical uh, female character who has to be kick-ass or is super smart. Because yeah. I, I, I'm tired of those tropes. Where you have the female characters either like, uh, what's her name from uh, Arrow? Smoke? Felicity oh, Smoke? Yeah, Felicity, yeah. Like She's the, like super smart. Yeah. And then you have the other characters like, uh, I think like Michelle Rodriguez in fucking Fast and Furious yeah. or Girl Fight is like super badass. It's all, like you don't always have to be a Sarah Connor character who's just kicking ass and taking names or like super smart or super feminine. Dainty. Yeah. Like, I just want like a real person who can hold her own. I think that, that'll be the way to go. But of course, it's like a Conan type of war, so she's going to be cleaving some heads as well. Mm. Just not like cleaving them straight into like the, you know, super warriors of the story. And I'm sure I'll eventually incorporate some super crazy steroid using women too. Yeah. Gotta have that. But they'll probably be the bad guys. I do want, I want some bad guy females too. Mm. Yep. Not the sorceresses and stuff. I want some gladiator ladies. I want, I'm thinking of a story, actually just thought of this now. So, because this is, you know, brainstorming episode. Let's come up with this idea. I had a list here, but fuck that list right now. <laughs> I'm thinking it, Conan universe, not the Conan universe, Conan-like universe, yes. venture universe, you know, ancient types of shit. I'm thinking my character stumbles upon, because I haven't read this in the Conan stories. It might be in one of the newer ones, Am- like Amazonian type tribe. So just a bunch of tough ladies yeah. who... uh Want some of that hot snoo snoo, and they're gonna break your fucking dick off. That could be fun. Uh, I don't. How, how does the character get to that island, though? I don't know. It was on a ship. It wrecks, and he washes up. Simple as that. Because I mean, like, even to like the kind of like again, not trying to copy Conan, but like a lot of those beginning of those stories were just kind of like very like him stumbling up somewhere yeah, from a shipwreck, or he's on the loose, or very coincidental, like yeah. just a fluke kind of thing happened. Well, my character, because I also want to go the Conan route, where each story he's a different kind of like you know, I don't want necessarily want to do like. Yeah, you know what? The th- I like the way the Conan thief stories were because he still had honor. Yeah. He was a thief, but he he was an honorable thief. I like that. So I think in my stories, I'm going to kind of go that route and have my character, you know, one story be a pirate, one story be a thief, one story be a, a refugee or what, whatever Conan was, uh, you know, escape from the law. Yeah. The first story, he's just a warrior. You know what I wanted to ask you about this series? And I don't know if you put any thought into it or if you think you might not want to because of just being maybe overplayed at this time, but... We other dragons. Ooh, I well, I'm definitely gonna. Inc- I mean, obviously not like in this first story, but in like so especially as you said, you you, you want to branch out and tell more stories. Well, I was thinking about incorporating um, some kind of mythical beast. I don't know necessarily dragons. Now the Conan stories, because Robert E. Howard was friends with H.P. Lovecraft, he had the old ones in his yeah. stories, which was a really cool twist. I don't want to copy that and have aliens. Um, as cool as that is. So dragons and things like similar to dragons or I want to go, what do they call that? Uh, Cryptozoology or something like the the mythical, you know, like your Loch Ness monsters, Bigfoot, uh, Mothmans, things like that. I want to have like some creatures like that. So I'm going to look into, uh, actually, I have a collection of American, Native American short, uh, not short stories, uh, Native American folklore. 
and I have a collection of Greek folklore. Think about combining some. Ooh, that could be interesting. Combining some uh, spirit characters, some monsters, things like that. Um, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to see how well I can sell this first book or this first story. Um, right now, I'm at about 6,000 words. I'm trying to keep it under 8,000, maybe 10,000, depending on the publication. But again, I don't want to give away the name or... I could give away the premise. I just don't want to give away the name because I don't want somebody to rip me off. Yeah. You fucking skeezy listeners, you. Actually, I don't think anybody's writing action adventure too much anymore. Like fantasy adventure. Not like the Conan stories anyway. But my story is uh, very Conan-esque with the, the beginning. It starts off with a field of dead guys. And there's only one survivor of the whole battle. That's my character. Of course, he's beat up, but he's alive. Conan style, because you have to have that yeah. ridiculous, oh, this guy survived, but nobody else did. Yeah. And then uh, where the kind of twist is on my story is, and I think I might have told you this off air before, I'm setting up kind of a, like their own religion. I'm not really going too heavy into it, but there is like a hell or an afterlife, and there's a ferryman. Much like, uh, I think it's like Greek mythology, the ferryman that takes you, souls. Yeah, and you that's why like the... They always buried people with, like, coins. Yeah. So they had some, so they could pay, to pay the, the fare. Well, in my story, it was a giant battle, and it was, um, it, it's like a northern country, so it's frozen, but they had a giant battle, and a bunch of men died, but it was on, like, a holy site where they had the battle, and because of that, all like, since so many people died at once, the ferryman can't take all their souls at once, so and the stuck. souls... Because they were uh, wandering so long in the you know the same area, since he couldn't take them all, the corpses reanimate, and now you have an army of the dead. And who has to fight off that army of the dead? My character, your guy. But I also have two separate stories that merge into one on the side. There's a king, and uh, it's his army that was fighting another army, and he gets news that they everybody died and stuff, and uh, he has to find some kind of magical oracle person and i don't want to give too much of this away but his, his part of the story is he kind of ha- might have to sacrifice his life to uh appease the gods which will let the souls be able to go back to the other side like properly because um the gods were offended by the battle on the holy lands so the one who started the battle would obviously have to sacrifice his life. And then there's a whole thing with that. And that gets into, like, the weird magical, like, elements that Conan has in his in, the, in those stories. So we get uh, your fucking crazy palaces and stuff like that. But I'm very interested for you to read that story because I yeah, think you'll enjoy it. Because it, it does read like the Conan stories. Maybe not as fast-paced because I really am still getting used to doing that. Because I have this story, because it's the introductory story to the character it doesn't have as much uh immediate battle the but the main fighting is going to be at the end yeah. so he's not cleaving everybody's head at the beginning and stuff but uh after this story it's going to be non-stop cleaving because that's my my favorite thing uh you said you were working on a new story i am um you care to give away the premise or no I can, I can kind of, I'll, I'll try to talk around it i don't because it's not um it's hard to not give everything away yeah and also like it, well, yours is probably not a reoccurring character like mine, but I like, I don't want people to steal the name or anything yeah. of my character. I think the name's kind of cool. And uh, it's, as much as it sucks to say, there are people that will steal your ideas. Oh, yeah. But the general premise of that, I mean, it's probably already been done. Everything's been done. Yeah. Um. So, because uh, I, I was actually texting you about this story the yesterday, right? Was I yesterday? Last the, night, yeah. yeah um, so... 
to anybody who might have listened to our previous episode about starting off your stories. Strong sentence. Strong sentence or strong, like, opening paragraph. I was really thinking about that, and I was like, what could be, like, a cool thing to start a story? And... I just thought of this guy waking up into waking up in the woods to like this blood curling scream like off in the distance. Not his scream, somebody, no, else. somebody else's scream like off in the distance. And like he wakes up and he doesn't know like he doesn't remember how he got into the woods or what's going on. And see, that's good because that opens the world up to why is he in the woods? Is he the cause of the scream? Is the scream some maybe it was somebody he's with? Yeah. Like we were talking in the last episode about the first sentences. You want to leave it so it alludes to the story without giving it away. Yeah. So, uh, like I was saying, I was actually starting on that story today. Uh, good about like 500 words into it. I, mean, I think whenever I get home after this, I might still uh-huh. uh, kind of put try to put a little, couple more hundred uh, into it. But so, uh, but that's kind of like the basis, base premise of it. Um, again, I got a little bit more than that that written down, but to kind of go a little bit farther in into that, I won't want to give too much of that way to the listeners. I did want to talk to you about it though, off air. Did we? You? We'll get to yeah. that later. Speaking of first sentences, I because I started this adventure story what like a month or so ago. I think I was talking after we did the Conan story, uh, the Conan stories. I think this has. Let me see if I can. Bring it up because I think you might like this first sentence. I think I started it pretty strong, and this was this was way before I even thought of the idea of that episode about the yeah. sh- the first sentences. So at least I was on the the right foot with this. Very simple. The crisp night air kept the stench of death at bay. Ooh. So that it gives you there's some death, but it's so cold out that it doesn't stink yet, which makes you think there's a lot of death. When we were talking about that last week, I was having like I realized. Me, how you know? I mentioned how I have trouble doing that, but then I really realized too. I think a part of it is because, uh, and you probably realize this, read on you know most of my work is that I have very kind of like short, punchy sentences. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't have very long, drawn out sentences. You have so like to, a Hemingway. Take so to get like something that powerful, that like you know hook within like that first sentence that most likely is going to be very small. You know. Mm-hmm. That's not the. I mean, I just need to make a long, drawn-out first sentence, like first paragraph sentence, and then just go stretch it out yeah, a little, Gil, and then just go back to my normal. Well, the story we published yesterday, which was Friday, uh, April third, um, that was the one story I told you I wrote real quick for the site. It's called the Bag. Um, not the most creative endeavor, but it was just kind of like a fun, quick. It was actually supposed to be flash fiction. It went a little bit longer, but. Uh, that first sentence too, that's what I was telling you, but I think it kind of catches you and, uh, I'll actually read the first two sentences because like you were just saying about the short punchy sentences, they're both short. There was something strange about the bag. I was halfway through my morning jog when I came upon it. So that gives you the setting of what bag, why did you like, where are you that you're running yeah. outside? So there's a bag, what's in the bag. I wanted to like, and then it goes into slightly more detail, but you know, you don't find out what's in the bag till the very end. And I wanted to keep that uh, kind of like a creepy element. But it's not really a horror story or anything. If I had more time on that, I would have fleshed that out more and probably added actually a whole other half of that story. I am really enjoying the the just kind of thinking how you can really get that good first opening s- sentence to punch up your work. And uh, that's like in the adventure genre, that seems to be a lot easier because you can just talk about somebody being dead. Yeah. And I also want to start – I'm actually thinking maybe my next story – 
I want a rowdy bar scene. Yeah. Because that one story we read of the Conist where he's in the pub and he's just chopping heads. I really enjoyed that, but it was a little overwritten. Like, it was kind of hard to follow parts. I want a more simplistic version, and I want lots of cleaving. Oh, I love the cleaving so much. I did come up with another idea for, like, a sci-fi kind of story today. Um, And it could either be, like, something very long, like a novel, or, like, a, like you were talking about with your story, with your Like an ongoing... Scene, like, like a series of... Uh, of sci-fi, like kind of kind of stories. Like share the idea or no? Yeah, yeah, no, I'll share, I'll share. So I was reading, I was reading a, a graphic novel today, uh, the first volume of Money Shot. I was telling you about it before. Yeah. But so the basic premise is like uh, for that is that not to interrupt you, no. but when we do the episode about. Uh, coming up with the great titles yeah. for your story. Money shot, we have to remember. So <laughs> if you can't, like, write down a quick note, because I'm going to okay. forget that. That's awesome. Uh, so Thanks, you want to read it. Yeah. So the the quick synopsis of that book is that in the future, uh, government's really looking down on science and, you know, they're not having any funding for anything. So to to raise money for their, you know, for their science stuff, that they... Uh, they make like this porn hub kind of like sex channel where they go out into space and have sex with these alien creatures for money. For so you have to pay to see it, and that money. I would watch so much of that. And like, and then you know, and obviously while they're doing these things, they you know loan different things going to these planets, right? And you know, and obviously in that you know adventures and variety is to sue. You know what I mean? It can't yeah. be just as simple as that. But the opening of that like sparked this idea. Because, uh, like, these aliens show up to Earth, you know, and this isn't, like, this is a very common idea, but, like, you know, they show up, they want to, uh, you know, induct Earth into, like, the universal society, you know, of all these places. Yeah, the Galactic Federation type of deal. But then, you know, they see how fucking shitty we are, and they're like, no, it's not worth the time. Mm. So... I want this character or, like, these group of characters, you know, that that happened. And they were, like, you know, they grew up as, as like, you know, science fiction fans and stuff. So, to actually see them and to, like, that they're real. Like, you know, aliens are real. Yeah. And, like, oh, this is great. And then it's just them to be, like, no, you're not worth it. And, oh, and, and you nuts. just leave. And then so, like, because I figured this is why it could be good, like, series, like, a serial. Because it'd be A... What they, the, like, what they have to do or that person has to go through to, A, get themselves out into outer space and to, you know, out into, like, that uh, thing. And then once they're there, how they interact with all these species and how people are like, oh, that, that's a, that's a, that's a filthy human. Yeah. Like, who let, like, who let, th- who let that in, you know, like. The and just, aliens in space view us as, like, some kind of fucking lower life yeah. form. And, like, I figure then, too, that, and, you know, I'm not normally one for my my meanings and, and subtext, but, you know, that I think that would also be a good way on, on how people look at other races right. and, or, you know, sexes and, you know. And it's kind of like that uh, Will, was it Will Smith? Um, that Netflix movie, what was the name of that, Blue or, I forget the name of that, about the orcs? Oh. Uh, that was Will Smith, right? Yeah. Because that was, like, orcs also live among humans and they had battles in the past but now yeah. they're like integrated integrated into society so you have the orcs like the one was a cop but they still look at them like they're mm-hmm. lower than that was like a race uh, race thing as well i have i really like that idea yeah because 
like whatever humans were in space would constantly have to prove they themselves. Would, yeah. yeah, like, and it would be really shitty. And that is a really good allegory for race relations, and especially a mod, like even modern America, let alone um, older America. How long would you, if you did a series, how that might actually make a really good comic series? Oh yeah, well, I think uh, that would be a I better think, well, comic I, series than a well, short I think, story series. I think all my ideas would better. be better. Would be better comic book stories because like, we've talked about this before. That's just kind of like how I view stories. Look, sir, I've been telling you you need to get on to reading some comic strips or comic scripts and uh, kind of maybe steering yourself towards writing a few, like to see how yeah. try your hand at that. And um, maybe read some Alan Moore ones, which are really complex. And I would say uh, Jeff Lemire yeah. would be a good one because I read some of his and they weren't so complex. They're like uh, you know, more yeah. normal. And uh, it still requires effort. And honestly, I think because uh, I was writing some of those um, future stocks for what was that 4000 AD? Yeah. I was trying my hand at some of those. And, I mean, those are hard because they're, like, really short and have to have a twist ending. But just getting into that, it it changes the whole way you write because now you're no longer thinking of, in terms of I have to show the reader. Yeah, you, and you because know, now you have to show, the like, your story through yeah, art. Yeah, because you're not – like there's so much more writing that goes into it other than, like, what the audience sees. Yeah. Like, it's not like you're You have just, to write out a scene – and how it's and you not just write out a scene, but how it's gonna be painted by the art, like how the artist yeah. is gonna interpret your vision and be able to show the audience what's happening, maybe without words. Yeah, because a lot of uh, panels don't even have words. Yeah, so like a lot of the writing, like you know, you see like you know, you see a page, and there might be a couple of word balloons on that page, and you be like, oh man, that well, that must have been easier. For Seems the writer. simple. No, because you have to be like. And the, the, especially the, the, depending on the artist, you might be like, hey, this is what I want. I trust you. Give me some thumbnails mm-hmm. and we'll be good. Or sometimes you're like, okay, in this panel, I want them facing this color, mm-hmm. th- facing each other at this angle. The next panel, I want an overhead shot. And then, like, you know what I mean? And then you have to describe all that too. Well, I'll just use some random examples off the top of my head of like levels of complexity of writing that kind of stuff. One, like you were talking about leaving it to the artist and you just give them like the description of people facing each other. Well, you could tell a lot through the art. For instance, you could show a shiny red apple. That's yeah. not much of writing. You just be like, oh, there's a shiny red apple. And then the artist draws a shiny red apple and maybe it's like close up and vague background. And then you could go into more detail. The next panel, slightly turned angle and you see a worm yeah. sticking out of the apple. And then it's slightly turned again, and the whole apple's rotted out from the other side. And that's a whole, like, metaphor, maybe for your story, maybe for the characters in the story. You don't know. But that's, like, the complexity there isn't just so much saying, oh, you know, we, I, I just want to draw an apple and then draw a rotted apple. You're telling them, hey, th- this is important to the story for this reason yeah. and why it needs to be this way. And... You're no longer thinking in the form of prose or narration. You're thinking in the form of visual interpretation. So you're thinking, hey, the viewer is going to see this in this way, and they have to be able to connect these dots themselves without any words guiding yeah. them. That's actually tough, but if you when, once you get the hang of it, like I said, it's just like a, it's a different way of writing, yeah. like a different way of thinking about writing. And uh, I was having a lot of fun with that, but I, it does take practice. 
Um, especially because people think, oh, well, that's a lot easier because you could just have the artist draw this stuff and you could just have a couple word balloons. Yeah, but try telling a whole story with using like 10, 20 words. Like, yeah. that's fucking tough. Yeah, you know, having that- a whole scene that plays out and you have to write that scene without. Like, you know, maybe minimal dialogue yeah, at that's, best. Yeah, that's another thing. You don't want to have these crazy big amount of word balloons or text blocks. And to that cover, would ruin it. To cover up all, you know, hopefully the the great art that you yeah. have, you know, that you hopefully have for your book. Um, so, I, th- I honestly, I want to do an episode about uh, comic script writing as well. I just haven't been able to find anything that, uh, you know, gave me the information that we can the really, part, yeah. yeah, like talk about properly. Um, but I'll, I'll do some more research on that. Like I said, I was writing some of them, and I thought they were uh, quite quite enjoyable. My only problem with them is, again, I was doing Future Shocks, which are uh, – those are tough because the twist ending, and I forget what it was. It was like within four pages or yeah. something. To tell a whole story within four pages, comic format, yeah. and then have the twist ending is uh, – and I was looking at Alan Moore's his examples, and he literally had pages of narration that the artists had to interpret. I, I always feel bad for his artists. Well, like, look at uh, Watchmen, like, the way he did the panels. Nine, like, uh, nine panel grids for most of that book. Oh, fuck that. Uh, That's why, like, I don't have a problem with the, the artist, Dave, David Givens, because, like, a lot of time, Adam, like, for many of the movies or the shows, like, if if he doesn't take, like, because Adam Moore never takes that money, he normally yeah. gives it to, you know, to Givens, and it's like, good. He deserves good. it. Yeah, bro, that shit you put him through, like, like 40 years That's ago. That's like a, a blood tie right there. Yeah. You, you owe him for life. <laughs> At least, at least forty years. Yeah. Going, going back because I'm so self conceited. Going back, back to your story. Back to my adventure story. I wanted uh, your opinion on something. All right. Because I'm, like I said, I'm gonna mu- write multiple stories, like the Conan stories. Which direction should I go with this? Should I do like Conan, where it's individual stories and each one it reintroduces gonna, was, the I character? Gonna, I was gonna ask you about this, but I didn't know if you wanted to get to it on yeah. Hell or not. Well, we got nothing else to do. So individual stories like Conan, where it always reintroduces the character, or ongoing story, or not even necessarily ongoing story, but just assume the reader knows the character. Well, then too, I was gonna go like, with are you gonna do them in chronological order, or are you gonna have them in I'm a definitely not. Time? I'm definitely gonna keep that vague. I don't wanna go through, because I don't wanna create a universe that I have to pay attention to. Especially considering how you don't know, like, you might not always be able to get that same story sold to the same. Well, that's the thing, especially in this market, and even in the old market, it's hard to get a story, because there isn't magazines that, uh, as far as I know, there aren't magazines that really publish ongoing stories too often. I feel like I would have to get in with, like, one of the editors or, like, a publisher, get real tight with them before I could do that, and I'm not close with anybody like that. Because that would, that would suck if you come up with this cool character and you got to... Have to ship, like, shop it around well, all the but, time. Or, like, you got to say you got it, you know, uh, a publisher to publish one of your stories. And then be like, and then you try to do another one someplace else. Or even for, like, the website or something. And like, yeah. And they're like, no, we know we, we have that character now. Like, or whatever, you know what I mean? That, that would suck say, on the unlikely chance of Marvel or somebody bought the character. Yeah. Like, the rights to the character. And then all of a sudden, I can't write for it unless it's for that publisher. That would be tough. Another thing, too, though, like when we were reading the uh, whole Conan collection, we both pointed out how Robert E. Howard overused the same descriptions. Like every time, 
you know, Conan had the, what was it, the black mane and the wolfish eyes. No, the and blazing blue eyes. Blazing blue eyes, and, and he was very animalistic and all that shit. And it was like every story was like that. But again, it was because there were just individual stories. Yeah. My One of my fears, and again, maybe this is being a little conceited, thinking my story's better than it is, but if it was to take off and then one day my story gets put into a collection... Do I want those readers to go back and be like, oh, I like these stories, but every time you describe the fucking character the same way, like, why? Because uh, I, I actually have more respect for Robert E. Howard now because I was thinking, well, it's because, yeah, you know, he. It, I don't even know if they were all published in the same magazine, probably multiple magazines. You think, and then, you know, just with the way things was back then, you probably didn't have people who could buy the same magazine over and over again. Yeah, you always so. had to reintroduce the character. Like, he was he was writing like the, whoever was reading didn't know the character at yeah. all. And that makes sense. I kind of want to go that same route. I think I would just use... Uh, kind of more base like i wouldn't use the same description again though if i wrote like 15 of the stories with a character there's only so many way- ways you yeah. can describe somebody without changing the way they look or their uh mannerisms or anything um i'll play around with that i don't think i'm gonna do like i don't think it's gonna be a series such as this is the first part yeah. and then this is the second i'm not gonna do that i am gonna have it skip around i'm not st- See, here's a, another problem, because we talked about the very first Conan story was King Conan in when he was old. Yeah. And then after that, all the other stories, you knew he lived because he had a King Conan. Yeah. So, my character in this story, I don't specify his age, but he is an adult. So, I could tell stories when he's younger, when he's like a teen. Yeah. Because I allude to in the story that, you know, he came from a warrior tribe and he was raised to be a certain well, way. So, I could have a story set back then, but then... The suspense is killed with, you know, he lives at least to this point. But I don't have old man, that well, character. Uh, uh, Stephen King did that with the Doc Tower series. You know, you introduce Randall and stuff. And then you get, I think it's like the fourth book. Like this, like the third book ends with this huge like cliffhanger. And the fourth book is a flashback to his Young childhood. Man, yeah. And like how what happened to like kind of kickstart this whole like thing that he's on mm. and then comes back and it's just kind of like that's awesome we wanted to know that but fuck you Steven yeah. King I wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted like, to know what happened with the cliffhanger yeah I mean I guess you could do, see I think the big problem was like he went old Conan first yeah so as long as I don't, my character's not old to start with then I don't have to really worry about well, killing and, the suspense and you also have like you're going into this with the the foresight of like I gonna at least try to plan on doing multiple stories with yeah. this character. But with Howard, he's probably like, "This was my one Conan story." Yeah, he didn't think and it was gonna he, take off, and it probably took off. And then he probably after he wrote it, was then like, "Oh, I have this idea. Oh, I have this idea mm-hmm. that he probably didn't have beforehand." So everything, but you know, past that was young Conan. Yeah. Which, well, um, I think the way around that is if I keep my character. At an unspecified adult age, and uh, if I ever want to kill the character, which I think I definitely would at some point, a heroic death, of course, that would be a huge shock. Like, if it became popular, that would be a huge shock to the audience, and uh, pulling the J.D. Salinger, then again, if somebody gave me enough money, <laughs> I uh, clearly would sell the rights to the character, yeah. but J.D. Salinger, he wouldn't sell the rights to, you know, hold uh, Catcher in the Rye for anything, so that's why there's no Catcher in the Rye movies, by the way, but... If I didn't sell the rights to that character, nobody else could ever write it, at least until fucking public domain kicks in when I'm dead for 80 years. Yeah. 
I don't have to worry about like the reader, like Marvel syndrome, where oh, you killed a character, shocking. But then people are like, okay, this is the fifth time this character's been Man. killed. It's not very shocking. I could kill the character, and he's dead forever, and I never have to write that mm. character again. You're gonna say, well, that's too about like that's one of the good things about like writing that kind of story. You can have time be like a little bit different, mm-hmm. like the way people just age and stuff. Like, yeah, they live a little bit longer, or, like they Super Saiyan style. Yeah, or, like yeah, like the way that they just the, it's where like once they hit adulthood, they mm. it takes longer for them to like age or whatever. So maybe whatever race he is. Well, here's the simplistic way to do this: one year of a person's life. Is a long fucking time. A lot of events can happen. If you're in a, you know, a warrior era, a barbarian era, you could be in a lot of battles in one year. Oh, yeah. So, you know, give a guy the prime of 15 years of being in his physical prime. That's a lot of killing. Exactly. A lot of cleaving. Exciting times. Exciting times. But even then, too, though, uh, like I was saying, with that kind of uh, universe, say if you did kill off your character, there could always be some kind of magic or... To like, bring him back. Because, like, tell me this would be cool. You kill him, he has some kind of fight in the underworld. That would be fucking awesome. And then he, I like that and already. He, and, like, he comes back or, like, you know, he becomes, like, the rule of a hell for a period Dude, of time. I could fight like, the fucking demon yeah. gods. Oh, that would be great. He fights his way back and then he's not alive, but he's, like, <laughs> alive. It would be, like, not undead. He would just be, like... Whatever you form you take in fucking hell, yeah. he comes back and he's just like, oh, I got cool powers now. Yeah. <laughs> that I, I really like that. I could do a lot with that, too. Also, I want to use, if this character ever gets popular, I'm going to have the most graphic sex scene on the stories. <laughs> he's going to fucking destroy some poor lady or man. I doesn't, I'm not discriminating. And it's going to be glorious. <laughs> I'm talking ass to mouth, dude. No, oh, uh. I went too far, didn't I? Damn it, this is supposed to be family. You we never, did so good. You never go. <laughs> we did so good up until uh, that, that. Oh, that's what I should have fucking asked fucking Dante at the convention instead of like my stupid like flying car uh, question. So have any of you guys ever actually gone to ask them out? <laughs> like, that would have probably went over in that crowd. They would have loved it. Had lots of cheering. Uh, here we go. Dinner time for the husky. He was sleeping and instantly woke up. How does he fucking know it's six oh two on the dot? He like he knows, and he got off the bed, and he, went, he keeps farting. <laughs> well, imagine if like there was some just like overlord in your house that fed you every day at a certain time. Every yeah. day, you'd probably say, "Hey, I'm kind of hungry. It's probably food time." <laughs> food time. Well, do you have anything else to bring up? Because I guess we could wrap that up. No, I enjoy talking about. The brainstorming this. We didn't really do much brainstorming, but that's fine. Perhaps another episode will be how to create an ongoing character. Yeah. So, comic script, titles, ongoing character. Even, like, um, serial storytelling. Like, we've kind of talked about yeah. that, too. But you know, We've had that on the site, but we've never implemented... Like, we've our serial stories have been a continuation of one single story. Yeah. We've never had a character... Who has different adventures, or even has one story, but he goes through different adventures. I mean, we could even, if we wanted to, sandwich that in with like the story or like the comic scripting, because yeah. like those two go things, hand in hand. Those, yeah, those two things kind of play together. I think we got some good episodes coming up. Yep, as long as we're you know allowed to have them. Yeah, that's a big if, because like I said, week to week, we don't know what the fuck's happening anymore. 
Folks, we'll keep trying to get these episodes to you. I know you're sitting at home bored, and the first thing you do is go to drunk up and ready and drop a new episode. I need yeah. it. I need it. This would be a good time to actually start making more episodes, but yeah. my will has been bottomed out. Um, if you folks want, because we actually do have some new work up finally. We yeah. got some, uh, we're going to have lots of poetry. We got some short stories. I got one yesterday. You got one. If I can finish it tonight, we'll be coming out tomorrow. Nice. Um, I don't know. I've been drinking, so I kind of don't write some. But even so, I got tomorrow morning. At the latest, it'll be next week. But we do got some new short stories up for you folks to enjoy. So go to drunkenpenwriting.com for that. You can check us out on the old Twitter at drunkpenwriting and Instagram and Facebook at drunkenpenwriting. We appreciate your feedback. We've gotten some, uh, some good emails lately. Uh, we have, oh fuck, I've I'm completely spacing. I had like two submissions like this week in, for short stories. Completely forgot about them. I said probably get on that. Yeah. Because even though we're not open for submissions technically, because we don't, it's not really any kind of season that we're doing. We still take them if you got yeah, some. Yeah. If you folks want to submit something that you think we'd enjoy, feel free. I mean, it's not like we're posting a lot of crazy stuff yeah. lately, so um, we can always use good sh- uh, short stories. Keep it under five thousand words, please. Um, there's not too many of us reading, and we are fighting coronavirus out there. So um, keep on writing, keep on reading, stay fly.